gonna ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good at social dynamics and relationships. That's like a shot of a dip. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken right from the YouTube live sesh. I opened it up to questions on dating, relationships, social dynamics, anything in the world of human interaction. So you guys can join those live sessions over on YouTube basically every Friday, 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, for the time being anyway. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics every Friday, you can sign up to the free weekly email newsletter, The Bowl Sip. Every week, I send out a free article on Fridays. That's actually taking me quite a bit of time to write nowadays. They used to be pretty quick, but now I go real deep into them. I also use it as a way to update the resources of wisdom, which you guys can find at boldojo.com. So any quotes I found that week, uh, any music, updates to the Panda Emperor Sexy Time playlist or the We Take 9000 playlist, you know, all those things, anime, documentaries, movies, anything that's going to the resources of wisdom, you can stay up to date with that through the bowl sip so all you have to do to sign up to it is just head to boldojo.com slide your email in and then check your inbox for the confirmation email and also for all emails going forward if you don't think you've received it on friday just check your promotions folder in gmail or your spam folder in outlook etc because basically any email that has links in it gets automatically thrown into the uh, promotions thing so if you don't think you got it, just check those folders, okay? Now, if you guys are looking to dive into a little bit of deeper educational content, you can head over to boldoja.com and number one, pick up the brand new guided meditation, Eternal Energy. It's a deep dive into who you are and a guiding hand into evolving beyond. Featuring five tracks. Number one, cultivating your scented energy. Number two, revealing your darkness. Number three, creating your light. Number four, unlocking your sexual flow. And finally, wrapping things up with the fifth track, One Energy returning you back to the hole. It took me a solid two months to produce that bad boy and it's an absolute journey. So if you would like to dive into something a lot deeper, go ahead and pick that up at boldoja.com. Along with that, if you are looking to get your day game sorted, your social dynamics sorted, if you've been walking down the street and you're seeing a beautiful woman, you just don't know what the hell to do with yourself, well then I've got you covered there as well. Adam's Crash Course Kick-Ass Day Game eBook is also available at boldoja.com. Quick action guide. Most importantly, it is not a sit in your chair at home and read and then go hmm that sounds theoretically reasonable you need to actually get out there and apply that's what it's intended to be used when i created it it was meant to be something you go out with come home with reference with in terms of real world action it just doesn't really make sense until you're actually going out there and meeting people so that's what it's intended for you want to use it as your uh, teacher as your guide as your kind of pseudo adam along your journey. Along with that, I highly recommend pairing up a 30-day challenge with it. Anyone who buys the ebook, you just need to check your emails within 24 to 48 hours afterwards. I personally email basically everyone with a little tips for the ebook. And in that email, I recommend you get on a 30-day challenge and pair that with the ebook. Uh, it's just it harkens back to how I got my journey and how I corrected my life at the beginning, corrected my social freedom, freedom of choice in my dating life came through the 30-day challenge it's powerful so that's what i highly recommend and if you guys want more uh information on the 30-day challenge i often drop links in that email as well and then finally for those that are really looking to dive deeper create action plans bust through their limiting beliefs i do offer one-on-one skype coaching 
the bowl inside is probably the best way to go, which is for my deeper level clients who sign up to packages. Packages are completely customizable to you based on frequency, based on volume. But basically what bowl inside members get over once off Skype sessions is number one, priority messaging. They get access to my private WhatsApp number and within 24 hours, I will respond to them outside of Australian weekends based on anything. They need feedback on a situation they're dealing with this girl, this guy, family members, business relationships, etc. Want to check that text conversation, want to send me that audio, I'm going to be there for them. The second benefit Bowl Insiders get is priority bookings, which basically means you get fast-tracked that if you want to get in a session today and maybe someone was 50-50 about it, well, you get that session. You get your session times prioritized above everyone else. And especially for my clients uh, around the world with arranging time zones, it proves to be quite beneficial. So if you are interested in diving into the Bowl Inside packages, then you can just hit me up at bowldojo.com. In the product section, you find all the links there and actually the links to everything I've just spoken about, guided meditation, ebook, all at bowldojo.com. Just hit the product section and I'll see you soon. Now, if you guys would like to support this channel directly, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link. You can do this two ways. Number one, on bowldojo.com, in the Boulderjo podcast section, there's actually a donate straight through the website uh, link right in that section there. So you guys can get that. Or you can also just go straight to PayPal, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui, and you can donate anything that you wish. And I just want to say that whether you donate through the Super Chat on YouTube or you do it directly through the website or PayPal, anything that you donate is so greatly appreciated. It just helps keeping this show going. It lets me know that you guys truly value it. So thank you so much for all that have donated in the past and for all that will in the future. Anthony Kanchesta. And with all that being said, let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yosha! Moshere. Moshere. How to balance sex and spirituality. Episode 59, the old, what is it? Goji Kuban? I think this is the Goji Kuban. This is episode 59, second to last one of the season. And we've got a session today from a bit of a lost soul, a, a young boy who is beginning to reject sex and head towards the path of, I'm not even going to say stoicism, I would say asceticism of no sexual interaction in favor of spirituality. So I've got a message here, a little back and forth on YouTube, and I'm just going to be referring to him, him as... Uh, as D. I'll refer to him as D. I'm not sure. Oh, no, I know why. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you could actually go watch his YouTube comment. You could go see it if you want, but I don't want to. This is going to be a very, very flameful session. So maybe that's why I don't want to use his real name because we're going to go hard. This is a situation in which that we got someone who's about 20 years old. I've actually met him in person when I went to London, uh, when I went coaching boot camps for the first time. And it was, it's probably four years ago. So he's probably about 20 years old now. And I don't, he hasn't really been that close with me since then. And based on the message that he sent me, I feel like he's kind of lost his way a little bit. So we're going to go into that. Now, before we do do that, I like to kick off these sessions with a little bit of just, let's just spit, let's just riff to begin with. We need to get our terms right when it comes to sex and spirituality. And maybe this will make more sense when we actually get to his message because we're going to have to unpack his terms. But I think to, yeah, actually, it doesn't make sense for us to begin this without going straight into his message. So we'll do that first. And I'll just say to those of you in the live chat right now, welcome. Thank you for being here. Welcome to Social Q&A Live. If you are new to this session, 
This is a time where you guys can drop any questions that you have on social dynamics, dating, relationships, anything in the world of human interaction. We'll get it. Uh, we have a preloaded question to begin with, and then we'll get to open Q&A later. Hey, zoom this shit in. And... And, of course, the Super Chat is an option for those of you that love to support the show and want to make a donation to get your question bumped to the top when we get to open Q&A. Uh, that is certainly available. Most appreciated, of course. And, of course, I get more time to it for those that do. And But that'll be later on when we get to open Q&A. Also, this is a class session. This is where I'm going to be firing questions at you guys, testing your minds, testing your growth, seeing where you are in your sexual, social, spiritual development as well. So this is not a time to just be flipping pancakes and rubbing your duck down <laughs> while we're doing this session. Make sure that you are tapped in, engaged, because uh, I will flame you if your if your responses are off. Of course, I'll reward you if they're on as well. So yeah, normally I, I'll like spiel, I'll spit for a little bit on the topic itself. I guess what we're going to talk about today is is really what sex is, what spirituality is, how you can go so far off the path in making, nah, nah, I'm gonna save that. I'm gonna save that because those are questions. That's why I'm saving all this. Normally I would hit you guys with 10 minutes of absolute fire to begin with, but not today because then I'll just, there'll be no questions for you guys. And I've got to be really careful of that. This is a very passionate topic of mine as well. So, uh, by the way, if you are here in the live chat, make sure you drop a thumbs up on this video down below. That'd be most appreciated to help support what's going on here. And uh, say hi in the chat. Let me know where you're from. And let's get the session going. The first person in the chat is Richie Jr. Richo is up in here saying, Hey, Adam, I believe sexual abundance creates spirituality, and spirituality creates a sexual abundance. They coincide. Hope you're well. Bet it's sunny in Aussie now, freezing in Scotland, 5C. Five, five that, is, that is bloody cold. Hopefully you're getting in the water down there, Richo. That, I, I dream of water that cold right now. Yeah, it is. You guys can... I'm actually a little bit burnt right now from how much I've been in the sun. Uh... Richie, hang on a second. You said something there that is tremendous. I believe sexual abundance creates spirituality and spirituality creates sexual abundance. I love that thought line. I'm not even going to dive into it because otherwise we won't have a session because there's some stuff you've said there that's great. I hope that uh, you're going to maintain yourself throughout the session. Thanks for being here. We've also got Justin H up in here saying, what's good, everyone, with the suns, with the sunglasses. Good to have you here, Justin, and on your Sunday session as well. Thanks for being here. And we've also got Jay New up in here saying, Kyoshitsu Jikan, Kyoshitsu Jikan, Yarimashou. Kyoshitsu, I have not seen that word before. I know Jikan's time, and I know you're saying it's time, or today is time, it's time, but the particular Kyoshitsu. Yarimashou. And for those who don't know what it means, let's do it. Yes, yes, let us do it. Ikimashou and Yarimashou, let's go. So, this was a comment dropped on. I think it was the last social Q&A. It was about four days ago. Like I said, this is a guy that I met when he was 16 years old when I first went over to London to do uh, infill boot camps for the first time ever. First time ca- coaching outside of the Australia as well. And I remember meeting him in person. He was only 16 at the time with his mate. And that was about, that was 2016. We're 2020 now. So he could, he's no older than 21. He could be 20 but he's no older than 21. That's very important to keep in your minds. He sends or drops this comment on a video saying, what's good, Adam? It's been a minute. It's D from London. After some great results in the game, I decided to leave the game for spiritual reasons. 
I just wanted to ask if a lifestyle of fornication and adultery is congruent to spiritual life. The lifestyle was fun and full of growth, but I feel like it can make you a slave to lust. Disgusted in different suits. What is your opinion slash experiences with this? So there's already a litany of red flags that have just been dished out in that comment. However, it doesn't end there. I responded back to him, not really relevant to what you guys need to know, just directing him to a certain video known as What is a Man, a short film. But he responded to that because he felt like I didn't really address the love and fornication type thing uh, specifically, which fair enough, I didn't. And that's why I said, uh, and so it goes on with this. He then replies to me saying, I appreciate your response, but my main question, however, was about lust and fornication. Lust is the opposite of love. Fornication doesn't fit into my image of building a temple anymore. It has a basis in defilement. I'm curious to hear your opinion on this aspect. And that's when I hit back saying I will do a more in-depth podcast for this because this is not something I can respond into with short words, nor would I want to because you would lose all the meaning that comes through a real interaction and hearing me speak about it between two to four hours at a time. So so this is what I mean that you guys are going to, need to be switched on for this because there's a litany of red flags. There are so many potential, not even potentially, take that word out. There are so many dangerous mindsets. The path of darkness that he has entered here, it's like the reason why I want to dedicate a full podcast to this particular topic is because of where this guy could end up at 30. You've got to keep in mind, I said the age before, he's 21 years old and he's, let's get the sum here, what's the overall vibe feeling? And he's been in the game. He's been doing game, been getting great results from game. But he feels that the fornication and the adultery and the lust is incongruent to spirituality. And that he actually is now starting to reject the adulteration fornication because he feels that it's a defilement of his spirituality that's really the summary that's really if you guys could just get your minds wrapped around this 21 years old been uh in his words in the game since about 16 so about four or five years or so so let's just get straight into class questions then because there's no way like when i've listened to that message i just want to rant I just want to just just get the gas cylinders out and just flame it, just absolutely destroy it. But then you guys don't learn anything, and you guys learn the most by being challenged. So I'm going to challenge you guys now. Let's unpick it piece by piece. Let's go back to the beginning of the message here. What? Actually, let's reverse engineer this. I hit you guys. This might be too difficult of a question to start a session off with, but based on the guys who are currently in this session, I feel like you might be there and then we can get the micros at the end. So I'm going to try it anyway. I'm going to have a swing. I'll see if you guys can hit it from the, from the get. What is the number one red flag in this entire message? And I'll give you a little clue to what to focus on because there's, there's a lot of red flags, but I just I'll hit you with some key words. He said he's had great results in the game, but he decided to leave the game for spiritual reasons. He feels like he's made a slave to lust, disgusted in different suits. The lifestyle is fun, full of growth, but he feels like it can make you a slave to lust. But then when he goes on to say, 
Lust is the opposite of love. Fornic- and this part, fornication doesn't fit into my image of building a temple anymore. It has a basis in defilement. That little last piece right there, if you could really dial into that, I would like those of you in the live chat right now to give me your best swing. Just have a swing, have a go. I'm setting you up with a very difficult question to begin with, but we actually need to reverse engineer. There's no point in us starting with the small fish. We want to, I want to start this with the big ticket, and the big ticket is a inflamed, inflamed, disease-like mindset around his idea of what spirituality is and what sexuality is. So I want you guys to hit me in the chat right now. What do you think that is? Give me your best guesses. Give me your best ideas. By the way, if you're new to this session, it's okay if you're wrong. It's okay if you're really far off. That's actually how you learn the most. And so this is a safe space. And I respect all of you who have the courage to uh, put your opinions in, put your best ideas in. I've given you a good enough clue, though. It's actually... From my mind, it's hard for me to judge what's an easy and a hard question. But from this one, it just it's, it just smashed me in the face. The idea of what he believes spirituality to be and what he believes sexuality to be. And now that you've heard the full story, I want you guys to hit me with what's the problem? What's the issue? What's the inflammation? What's the disease in that mindset? In his mindset about it. Okay, got a couple of people up in the chat. Mm, let's do it. Jay New would come in saying strong language from D. Yes, especially the word defilement as he perceives fornication to be defilement of his spirituality. Very strong words. That's why I'm using strong words to counter it. I'm saying that diseased mind, diseased mindset, because I have to match that. Richard JR then said, hey, Justin, hey, John. He's addressing the other guys in the chat. Jay New then come in saying, I can tell he's had time marinating in darkness. Hmm. Maybe we'll get to that a little bit later. We'll unpack what stage of life he's in, what may be going on in his life later on for sure. That's that's later on the podcast, though. We're not ready for that. And then Jay New went on to say, or well, after in, in, in tangent, marinating in darkness and ended up rejecting his own sexuality and betrayal of his true nature. We're getting close. We're getting close. Although that was all said before I actually asked the question. So I think Jay's probably still thinking, but I don't think that's actually an answer to this question. Richard JR then come and say, Richard Sam, objectifying women. It's only two words, Rich. You need to explain what that means. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're right. I'm just saying I don't know what that means. Objectifying women. You could be on. You could be on, depending on what you mean by objectifying women. We need much more deeper explanation of that. So what you guys need to think about here is that you got a young guy who self has reported having great results in the game, but wants to step away from that because he feels that it's incongruent to a spiritual life. And just the final little bit, just to keep us real focused here. Fornication doesn't fit into my image of building a temple anymore. It has a basis in defilement. So... I'm not seeing any more answers up in this chat, which means either you guys are stumped or you, you're just not courageous enough to put your, your ideas in. So, But this is a podcast, not just for you guys that are here live. There are hundreds of people that will listen to this in post, so I'm going to keep this running, and I'm just going to roll straight into it then, which is that 
I said before, I gave you guys a clue. He has separated the idea of what spirituality is and what sexuality is. Now, we need to get, so we don't play word games here. Let's just separate the word games. When he's, he's referring to sex as fornication, as the actual, what I refer to as penetration. So when he's saying fornication, adultery, he's just referring to the physical act of doing so. Now, it is an absolute core understanding and a core belief that you go through in life that I hope this man, this young one goes through in life to understand that sex is spirituality and spirituality is sex. To separate the two ideas is to look at the moon and not see it. To separate sex from spirituality is to look into a woman's eyes and not see her. To separate sex from spirituality is to enter a woman's body and not feel her. To not become her. That's why I said diseased mind. The mindset here in which that he's perceiving sexuality and the physical act of fornication and... uh, we need to get to, we'll dive, we'll unpack that a little bit more because I think he's even confused on that. He is confused on that. So we'll get to that in a second. But at a core root, at the biggest root of this all, the root that is most diseased here is in which that he perceives that you cannot live a spiritual life while having sexual interaction. That you cannot, and that actually the two are separate from each other. That you could be a deeply spiritual being without deeply sexual experiences sexually fulfilling, sexually integrated and united experiences. This is one of the greatest falsehoods, misunderstandings, confusions I've ever seen. That I've ever seen because now we can unpack his confusion. I sense there's a lot of confusion, D, in your mindset in which that because of, and we have to go back to the beginning of your message, how you said you've had great results in the game and you've had great results in game. Now, we already know off the bat that he doesn't follow my content that strongly. Maybe four years ago he did, but I don't know what's happened in the last four years, who he's been following in the last four years, if anyone, but he seems to have gone very deep into the pickup PUA mindset, the game mindset. And that's why when he sent that first message saying, after some great results in the game, I decided to leave the game for spiritual reasons. My first response, which I didn't read out because it wasn't relevant at the time, I'll read it out to you guys now though. I said to him, hey D, the concept of game is something I've been instructing clients and followers to move away from for years. Rather, the pursuit of supreme excellence in developing a well-built temple, purpose, physical, mental, and social development, all transcended by the inner garden, aka your knowing of true nature of reality. I discussed this quite heavily in my short film, What is a Man? Feel free to check it out. Link down below. So now we're starting to get into that a little bit because that's how we know that he's not really that deep in my content. If he still perceives the act of going out and meeting a random human being as a game and that the great results. Now, my friends, because I'm seeing a little bit more chat here, but it seems like you guys are still a little bit quiet. So, hey, I'll keep running here. There's an issue within that mindset as well, isn't that? What results? What results, what, what criteria for success did he have that would deem him great results in the game? There's another red flag. Is that very external or internally based? 
Is that a mindset that will lead to 10, 20 years worth of growth development that will lead him into a manhood psychology? Or is that the type of mindset that will perpetually keep him an eternal boy? Questions for you guys to consider. Questions for him to consider. But let's just bring it down brass tacks here. It makes a lot of sense and there is no confusion now as to how he has formed such a diseased perspective between separating spirituality and sexuality if his primary reason for going out and interacting in cold interactions was to have adultery, to have fornication in his words, to have lust in his words. I can totally understand how his mind would get so lost, how he would fall so far off the path if you're going out over the last four years to go out and try and meet a woman so you can have sex with her, so you can physically penetrate with her. That's, that's what he perceives sexuality to be. And he has divorced the idea of that you have love and you have sex together. And that sex without love is like drinking a cup of water without drinking the water. It's You're merely at that point emptying the vessel of its contents. But did you actually drink the water? To look at the moon and not see it. To look into her eyes and not see her. To enter her body and not become her. This is what he's divorced. So he feels that, and so it makes a lot of sense, which is that, yes, we're going very hard on him, but it makes a lot of sense, and I have a lot of empathy for him as to how he's gone down this path. Because he's not the only one. I'm sure there are many, many guys that follow the PUA coaches that have this mindset, that the number one goal was always just to fuck as many women as they possibly could. And I'm sure that's, that's and, all the, and not just maybe quantity, but also the quality as well. I'm sure that's there for them as well. But the case remains, the end game for them in their game was physical penetration and not the full understanding of love in combination, it's spirituality in combination with the uniting of two bodies. That seems to be the number one thing here that uh, he's completely missed. Now, it seems that a lot of you now have started to pipe up in the chat. That's good. But you guys were slow off the bat. You guys are slow off the bat. If you guys are going to be slow, then I'm just going to run. I'm just going to be running. I'm not going to allow my flame to be uh, turned out here. So let's go back and let's go to the chat here and see what you guys are saying about this. You guys will be switched on him. I know it's Monday morning, but it's not Monday morning for you guys are. <laughs> if it's Monday morning for me, I'm the, and I'm this switched on. Come on, guys, step it up. So, Richio had come in saying, following up on his potential first answer of that he's objectifying women. Richio then went on to say, the way he's treating game indicates that to some degree, he's probably objectifying women to some extent the way he speaks about the game. Yeah, bang on. Bang on, Richard. Absolutely. Justin H. then came in saying he has a distorted view of how spirituality and lust exist in the world. It's like he went into the journey with the goal of being sex, but he isn't satisfied when he reached it. So he's looking for more. Well said again. Well said again. And to build off of what Justin's just said there, Let's look at the cup analogy. What type of cup is he attempting to fill, Justin? I'll leave that there. I'll leave that there. See if you have the answer to that. Jay New then comes in saying, he's keying, 
He's keying into a false narrative of being a self-acclaimed sage and hero by making a false enemy a scapegoat of naturally occurring sexuality. That's money. That's Zeddy. Took you a while to come in with it, Jay, but that's Zeddy. I like that a lot. Jay then went on to say he addresses neither sexuality nor spirituality, only illusions that he's falsely interpreted. The idea of women rather than the women themselves, for example, no individual properly expressing direct intent and receiving the fire in response genuinely and with acceptance could pretend there's no spirituality involved. Yo, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. So there's one real thing that you said there, Jay, that I want to build on, and I think we're going to take the next line here. While the rest of what you said is good, the real zenny money, the real zenny point that you said was that he's keying into a false narrative of being a self-acclaimed sage and hero by making a false enemy. That bit. A false enemy, a scapegoat of naturally occurring sexuality. That bit. The enemy, the false enemy. Let's, get, let's go back to his words here. Let's always keep it grounded in his words so we don't get too uh, in our own. I've decided to leave the game for spiritual reasons. So what he's actually saying there is that I've decided to stop trying to chase women as a sexual object for spiritual reasons. That's not too un- that's not so unhealthy. Why he was doing that in the beginning is unhealthy, but to now make the switch to spirituality, that in and of itself is not so bad, but keep going down. The lifestyle was fun and full of growth, but I feel like it can make you a slave to lust. False enemy there, isn't there? False enemy there, but there's a few more false enemies. So that's false enemy number one, that the lifestyle was fun and full of growth, but I feel like it can make you a slave to lust. But there's another red flag there. What growth? What growth? You went to the moon, yet you brought nothing back. If you went through all of this arduous effort and adversity to go out and develop yourself to be able to go and meet these women and to have these great results you speak of, which he didn't explicitly say, but I'm sure he's referring to sex and the physical, of course, right? Based on the rest of his message. So he's, he's gone out and he's had sex with various different women and that's all been great and the lifestyle's been great. And he says that it's been full of growth, yet has come out of that experience, rejecting it, rejecting it, and then now prizing and pedestooling the spiritual life. There's nothing more than I hate than a fake spiritual. There's nothing more inauthentic than someone who purports to be about that life who is not about that life. There's nothing that turns you off more than someone that spiels, that chants, someone that megaphones to the world their spiritual beliefs their presence, their staying positive and their harmony in the moment, yet they do not live it. That's interesting. Put that back onto the false enemies, though. I was really just diving on the growth there. What growth? Because if anything, I feel regression. I don't feel growth in your message, D. I feel like extreme regression, falling off the path, losing your way, entering darkness. Because you have... Because of that divorcement that I said before, because you have divorced 
and seem to have. And let me just go as far as saying this. Jay knew it said before in the chat. Jay uh, had used some strong words. What words that I feel that Jay was referring to there, and that I also believe were extremely strong words, was this. When Dean went in to say fornication doesn't fit into my image of building a temple anymore, it has a basis in defilement. I'm going to go as far as saying that I don't feel like you've ever actually had sex. I'm sure you've had procreation. I'm sure you've had penetration. But I don't think you've ever had sex. If your realization after all of these sexual experiences is that it fills you with a sense of defilement, fills you with a sense of rejection, fills you with a sense of this is wrong and that I need to move in the complete opposite direction and cut off, make it the false enemy, make it an enemy, which is false, and then to prize something else. What that says to me is that there has been no growth, only regression and a falling off of the path. I don't feel like you've ever had sex before. I don't feel like you've ever entered a woman before and become her. I don't feel like you've ever seen a woman before. You may have looked at many. I don't feel like you've seen any. If your idea of sexual experience is now defilement, your spirituality is so corrupted. It is a false spirituality in which that you have now become attached to non-attachment. Something that you'll learn from dropping ashes on the Buddha and many other Zen philosophers and Zen masters, uh, one particular though in Dropping Ashes on the Buddha, that an attachment to non-attachment is just as unhealthy as an attachment to an attachment. Being attached to chasing great results and sex with all these different women through the game, it's very unhealthy, absolutely. Attachment to an attachment for sure. But then to reject all of that and to make a falsity and a false enemy of that and say that that was the issue. The issue was not potentially my perspective towards it or my mindset towards it. No, 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 no. It was the situation. It was just the act of doing sex itself. That was the issue. We need to unpack that later. But putting that to the side. So in light of that, I will now go and practice the spiritual life of celibacy and not chasing after fornication, lust, etc., etc. So essentially you're going to chase the non-attachment, but now you're just as attached to that. You're drawing lines in the sand. You are drawing egoic lines and making subjective decisions and rather than seeing things as they are. And not realizing that, and this is, let's, let's hit this home. Let's hit this out of the park right here. When you say, the lifestyle was fun and full of growth, but I feel like it can make you a slave to lust. What's wrong with that statement? What's wrong with that statement? It doesn't do anything. The lifestyle... The, the growth that you speak of and the fun that you speak of in this lifestyle doesn't do anything to you. You are the one who interprets those feedback and those experiences and then subjectively labels defilement, rejection, etc., etc. The act of having a sexual connection with a woman is just having a sexual connection with a woman. How you perceive it, how you handle it, that's you. That's why I said that I don't feel like you've ever had sex before. Because to come out of 
having a physical experience in which that you penetrated a woman and then to perceive that as, well, this is just making me a slave to lust. That's not an issue with the sexual penetration and the act of doing that. That's an issue with you. That's why I said diseased mind. Darkness to the fullest degree. That you may have been with many women. Say it again. That you may have been with many women, but you've not become many women. May have looked at many, seen none. Because when two beings unite in true sexual connection and bring together the love and the spirituality with the physical penetration, two things come together, threads connect, spirits unite. That is spirituality at its height. Because what do we mean when we say spirituality? What we're talking about is the full moon. What we're talking about is the realization of that there is no more I. I don't exist anymore. She doesn't exist anymore. We come together, we're one. A deletion of self and a connection of presence. What is available to us right now. That's, that's what sex is. Getting back into these terms, that's what sex is. Physical. Now, you can have physical penetration without having sex, which is what I feel like this young this young boy is currently describing. He's been having a lot of physical penetration without having sex, which is what's led him into this mindset of rejecting it because that will make you feel toxically dark. That will make you feel like a slave or allow you to make that decision for yourself. If you're going to go through these sexual experiences with women and to just only be in a transactory mindset, that will make you feel terrible. That will make you feel like a piece of shit and incongruent to a spiritual life, in quotes, whatever you believe that to be. Because you've completely missed, you've completely missed the moon for the fingers. You've completely missed the moon for the fingers. You went to the moon, you brought back nothing. You pointed at the moon and you saw nothing. So you say you experienced all this growth? I don't think so. And guys, normally... Normally, uh, normally, I like to save a lot of everything that I just said for questions, but maybe either you guys just... It seems like only Jay's really about switched on. Jay and Justin have been switched on, but sometimes I just need a hammer and a point. And uh, so getting back on the... Yeah, Jay knew would come in with some great stuff there on the false enemies, that making a false enemy of, of the penetration itself. Penetration is just penetration. It is the mindset you bring to it. Whether you are even in the mind of bringing love and sex to physical penetration. Sex is the passion with which you practice. That's why porn is so unfulfilling. There's not a lot of passion there. What is passion? Passion is love. Passion and love are two different fingers pointing at the same moon. You can have a lot of physical penetration without any passion, without any love, and you will feel less afterwards. You will feel less fulfilled, less on your journey towards growth and development. You cannot have any physical penetration, yet have tremendous sex and tremendous love. I'm sure that's something that just makes absolutely no sense in his mind. I'm sure he might try and logically try and grasp that, but you can't. And this is the homework I would give him. Have you ever had sex with a woman without entering her physically? If you haven't had sex with a woman without physically entering her, then you've never had sex. Sex is the passion and the love with which you practice a uniting of spirits together. The physical penetration is something entirely different. 
certainly, certainly aids, certainly adds, certainly deepens, but it's not a prerequisite. And that's where you've, that's where you fall off the path. You've put that as the prerequisite. You've put that as the requisite. You've put that as the dependent factor on you having sexual connections with women, that it is dependent on the physical penetration. And that's where you've got to complete in reverse. Your sexual interactions with women, the dependent factor is the passion and love with which you practice, which is your spirituality. Let's end this podcast here. <laughs> that's the end of the podcast, son. That's it. So I'm going to go back in the chat and we'll finish this up. I'm joking, guys. I'm joking. We're already getting started here. <laughs> but kind of, that was a... Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I want to also get to... Um, I want to duplicate him as well. For those of you who are regulars of this channel, you know we like to duplicate. So we'll duplicate in a second. But I want to get back to some of what you guys were saying in the chat here. By the way, if you guys are enjoying this content, make sure you hit that thumbs up down below. That'd be most appreciated. Just help support what's going on. And if you're listening to this in post on the podcast, come back, drop comments. I always respond. And in fact, I think this was what we're addressing today was a comment on the last uh, social Q&A in post. So Justin H had come back with a response. When I asked Justin, what type of cup is this young boy trying to fill? Oh, and we've got to get to, yeah, the duplicate. That's the next thing we'll talk about with the boyhood to manhood psychology. Duplicate example. I hit you guys with some shit there as well. Fired up today. Fired up today. I'm pumped up. <laughs> uh, Justin H, I asked him, what type of cup was this young boy trying to fill? Justin H says, he's attempting to fill a cup that's already full with his own thoughts slash expectations instead of letting his experiences in the journey fill his cup. Yeah. So talking about, it's not even the answer I was looking for, Justin. You hit me with a completely different face to the same beast. That's beautiful. I, I didn't even think of it that way. That's why, I, that's, that's zenny right there. That's, that's 100,000 zenny right there. That's a beautiful response because it's so true. He's attempting to, what Justin's saying, that when Justin says he's attempting to fill a cup that's already full with his own thoughts slash expectations, What does that mean in the real world description of what he's saying here? What he's saying is that he feels like his cup has been filled by the sexual fulfillment of the fornication and the penetration, the penetration. But that's actually left him feeling really bad so that he's going to go and seek something else. Just get, He's essentially attempting to become attached to something else now. He's merely deferring and repositioning his attachment. That's why an attachment to anything is always going to be unhealthy. Just because you subjectively label spirituality and ascetism and uh, celibacy, you just you, that's a moral judgment. That's a moral judgment to say that that is more spiritual to not have sexual interactions. And that in and of itself is a very unhealthy mindset. And it goes both ways. They are both just as bad as each other in my mind. They both produce uh, the same depth of effect. And so Justin has fully nailed it there in saying that he's allowing his subjective ego right, to fill a cup, yet, yet the cup's already full. And that's why I loved how he said that. It's already full. It's just overflowing. And that is also uh, instead of letting the experiences in the journey fill, his own, fill the cup itself, aka letting experience be the teacher, be the guide, 
Yeah, well said. Well said, Jay. Nailed it. Ian Keister then comes in saying, Morning, Adam. Any advice from... Okay, he's got a question that's completely irrelevant to this current topic. So, Ian, thanks for the question. We'll get that in open Q&A. We're currently not in that section of the podcast. But uh, when we do get to open Q&A, feel free to copy and paste it uh, if it gets skipped over. Because there's a lot of chat goes by in between them. Uh, Richo then goes on to say, growth to him is sexual results. That will only cause him pain. Well said again, Richo. Uh, I shouldn't say again. Just well said. Well said, I definitely agree with that. Jay New then saying, yeah, definitely copy and post that. Bit off topic. Yeah, <laughs> well, on the, on the money, Jay. On the money, Jay. He said that to Ian. Justin H then comes in saying, spirituality is one's interpretation of how energy exists in ourselves and in the universe. Sexuality is a way to celebrate our existence and letting that energy flow. Yeah. He went on there to say, I can attest to that. There's a night and day difference between connecting physically, emotionally, and spiritually, as opposed to just having physical penetration. The first is a vast ocean of experience you can infinitely dive into, while penetration is a puddle on the sidewalk. You're fired up here, Jay. You're fired up here, Justin. We've got two Jays in here who are on point. Jay New and Justin H have already hit the 100,000 zenny level. Uh, for those of you that don't know, there are these, uh, these, these awards that I give out during the sessions. To get 100,000 Zenny reward, that means you've said something that is just 100% alignment, 100% on point. You couldn't be any further. Uh, sorry, you couldn't be any closer to the truth. It is the truth. So well said, especially the puddle on the sidewalk. Great analogy. <clears throat> so my friends, I said next stage, duplicate them. Let's duplicate them. We'd love to do this. This is one of the greatest... Uh, one of my favorite the philosophical, theoretical frameworks to use to learn, which is the duplicate. Let's duplicate this boy. He's tw- at his oldest 21, but it's just easier for me to say 20. You've got a 20-year-old who's got these mindsets, these dark mindsets, and we have to take him at where he's at now because we could run the duplicate example of him back when he was just in great game and great results mode. But no, we've got to take him where he's at now, where he's gone through that and now he's rejecting that and is now trying to make a false god of spirituality. How about that, Jay New? Do you know what I mean when I say that? I hope you do. He's making false enemy out of something and now he's making a false god out of something else. <clears throat> Hopefully you guys get your minds wrapped around that. Focus. Shoot you. So let's duplicate him. Let's take an exact copy of him, duplicate it out to two. And let's play this out. Let's start out 10 years. They're both 20 years old. One of them keeps walking the path that he does, in which that comes from the objectifying women as the sexual prize, the sexual goal, just the physical penetration, the lust, the fornication, the adultery, in his words, great gain, great results. But now that's the enemy. Now what's the God? The God is now spirituality. Ascetism. And uh, complete and complete rejection of the previous. No sexual connection at all. Spiritual life. That's God. He walks that life for the next 10 years. Where does he end up? Duplicate him. Let's take D2. That's D1 before. Let's take D2 now. The duplicate. Let's say... We've got him at the pass. We've got him at the pass. We've got D2 at the... Because D1 hasn't 
isn't he's not too far gone yet. He hasn't walked the path for ten years yet. So D two is just a copy of him. So we've got him at the past. We've got him before he makes tremendous mistakes in his life over time. So let's say with D two, we grab him by the neck and we force him to watch this podcast, and then he self interprets this podcast as going, okay. I see there's a lot of mistakes. I see that I was making false enemies and false gods. So what I'll do now is go back to this fundamental learning that Adam had described at the beginning saying that I may have entered many women, but become none. I may have looked at many women, but seen none. So what I need to learn now, I may have, I may have penetrated many women, but I had sex with none. And that, that concept right there, that idea right there, I know nothing of. Logically, it might make some sense, but experientially, it makes no sense. Referentially, makes no sense, which means that I've got a lot of work to do. I've got a lot of learning to do. Maybe I've never had sex before. Maybe, maybe what he's saying actually makes sense. I, if I have this type of mindset of that, I'm feeling like my sexual interactions cause me to feel that it defiles my spirituality, that, that it's, it's a, something to be rejected, then I need to go and completely relearn this area of development. So with D2 now, for the next 10 years, we take him back to square one. He deletes himself. He deletes his old mindsets, deletes his paper walls in his mind, constructed around what game is and results are. And let's say delete that, delete that, and just go with this. Focus on becoming a being of supreme excellence. Focus on transitioning from boyhood to manhood psychology by developing your temple through purpose, physical, mental, social, and then, of course, your inner garden, true knowing of nature. That's the primary that he's going to focus on for the next 10 years. Specifically within that part of the temple that we just described, in the social part of it, he's going to focus on what it means to actually have sex, to marry spirituality and love with the act of penetration to have sex with a woman without entering her first he knows none of this right now d2 knows none of this but he's going to spend the next 10 years practicing that so here's the question for you guys you've got d1 who just keeps walking the path that he's keep that he's set out for himself right now false false enemy of sexual interaction and false god of spirituality in favor he walks that path for 10 years. Who does he become? What type of person does he become? Then you take D2, who corrects everything, deletes all of those mindsets, starts back at square one, and learns to have sex for the first time, and practices that for the next 10 years. Who does he become? What do you guys see? What do you see in the differences between D1 and D2? Who do they become? What kind of differences? What kind of lives do they live? What kind of perceptions around spirituality and sexuality do they form as a result? You can take this in many different ways. Take me there. Explore your minds. Test yourselves. Start big, go small. Start small, go big. However you want to address this question, it's a large question. I give you some time and I'll go back up into the chat. I love the duplicate analogy. Because we can get a little stuck in what's happening to him right now, but what a lot of people don't realize, especially young people, someone like him who's 20 years old, is that if he walks the path that he's currently walking, 
that doesn't get better over time. Like, it doesn't fix itself over time. It gets worse. Time entrenches. You spend more time thinking a certain way, it gets deeply and deeply more entrenched. So that's why we've got to cut them off at the pass. And that's why, you guys know, I'm not the type of person that says, okay, you need to stop thinking this way and start thinking this way. Have you ever heard me say that once in this podcast so far? No. Yet, I've been very careful to paint out what happens if he does continue acting and thinking this way. Because that's what's most important to me. I don't, I'm not here to make his decision for him. If he wants to continue being D1, that's no problem with me. If he wants to go of D2, that's no problem with me. It's his life. As long as he's aware, my job and our job here today is to bring enlightenment and illumination to what his mindsets and actions will lead to in 10 years, 10, 20 years. That's what we're most concerned with right now. Now that we've illuminated the disease of his mindset, let's look at what that disease mindset does to him in 10 to 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good shot. Okay, so let's go back up in here. Jay New would come in saying, perfectly said, Adam. Nietzsche would be proud. Also super relevant, actually. Thank you. Thank you, Jay New. Nietzsche, one of the godfathers of psychology, modern psychology. Jay New then come in saying, since D at 16 worshipped the false god of PUA, then when that false god eventually dies or is killed by referential experience... D at 20 is desperate for a new God rather than letting experience be the teacher which might stem from a deeper darkness. And so asceticism, ascet, I find it so hard to say that word, ascet, asceticism is such a, that even when you say this schism on the end of it, the ascetics, asceticism, it's such a hard word to say. And so I'm just called the ascetics. So, so the ascetics become his cult leader as he drinks the Kool-Aid, as he drinks his Kool-Aid. Okay, so we're going to pause there. D, Jay, then, Jay New then went on to say some more for D1. However, let's stay on D2 here because we need to separate these out. Essentially what Jay New is saying is that D, no, no, sorry, D1. Sorry, I got the terms wrong there. Stay focused on D1 here. He's saying that D1 at 16 worshipped the false god of PUA. But something really good that you said there, Jay, was that because he attached to that false god at such a young age, that's, that's painful, isn't it? Even just saying that. Attaching to a false god at such a young age. Because what do we know about our formative years? They are formative. Our younger years are formative. They really determine how we develop. And they lay inroads, paper walls. They are the, the concoction that we will construct our paper walls with. The very mixtures of our paper walls with that happen at that age, 16 to 20. And that's why it's just, I'm careful to use the word shame, disappointment. Because actually, it's not a shame. It's not a disappointment that he went so far off the path, even after having met me when he was 16. Because actually, it just sets up greater learning for him. You can always self-interpret that. Is it optimal that he fell so far off the path for four years in such formative years of development? No, of course not. I've never wished that upon anyone. However, it's not the end of the world. 
And if anything, I'll always interpret it as a positive. That he has, uh, he's got a lot of work to do now, a lot of learning to do. And like, that's definitely a reason to live for sure. So anyways, moving on beyond that. When Jay knew then went on to say that that false god eventually is going to die. And that's part of why I brought that point up. Because he attached to that false god so early on, that false god does not get a lot of life. Because he's got more life to live. So it's going to break down at some point. And so then Jainu went on to say, D at D1 at 20 is desperate for a new God rather than letting experiences be the teacher. Absolutely, because there is a vacuum effect that Jainu is speaking to here of when the false God dies and you're left with nothing. When your attachment dies because it has been proven otherwise, because you feel different about it now. There's only two options for a human being in that sense. When you experience, and for a lot of you that do study psychology or do study thought processing, you would understand cognitive dissonance. This is what happens. Rather for the human being to stand back at the death of a false god and go, I was wrong. I was attached. I was blinded. I was deluded. I was irrational. So I'll be with myself and I'll come to know my true nature, sit in the pocket, sit in the moment. Access, presence. Most people will not do that because that is a lot of fear and a lot of scarcity there. Scarcity of what? Of having something to support you. What does a false god do for us? Supports us. False gods give us a a confidence in which that we aren't alone. That there is something that guides us. That there is something that, there's that word again, supports us in our efforts. That gives meaning to our efforts. Not all false gods are created uh, equal either. There are certainly healthier false gods than others. Right? The false god of the rapist who believes that his, it's his life work to go and defile young children is subjectively not as uh, unhealthy as this young boy's false god of making the sexual objectification of penetrating women his false god. While neither of them I would consider healthy, there's both still false gods, I think, subjectively, just based on the accumulated experience of human beings. We could probably make a separation there, even if it is only false itself as well. Anyways, moving past, we're getting a little too deep in those weeds. There's meaning for both of them. All I'm getting at here is that they both choose to find meaning within them, and that's what those gods do. But when they, when they fall from grace and they get deleted, there's that gap. Either I attach onto something new, Or I find solace within what's happening now. Finding solace in what happens now is probably the scariest thing in the world. To have something burnt down and to not reach for another, but to stay here. To have your mother or father die. To have your best friend take his life. To have your beloved leave you, cheat on you, die in a car accident. To have your child taken from you. To have a limb taken from you. To have anything taken from you. And then to actively choose to not replace it with something else. Not a new child, not a new woman, not a new job, not a new limb, but just presence. It's one of the scariest things in the world. All you know is to be supported by something else. That's why when I say these concepts such as we don't own anyone, I just had to say it to a close uh 
a close a close one to me just the other day when someone left out. I said, but you, did you guys ever own each other? And it just sends shockwaves through their psychological framework. It's like, because they, they come to you and they speak to the pain. They speak of the pain. Speak of the pain they're experiencing when someone leaves you or when a woman cheats on you or when a family member or a friend dies and you just you speak of the pain. But then if you hit someone with the question as neutrally as possible, not loading it with fire, but just say to them, but did you ever own them? It's actually really hard for a lot of people to aggressively react to that because most people have never been asked that in their lives. So it just sends a frequency through their mind that short circuits their operational gear. It just, it kind of fries the circuitry and you get a system meltdown of which that I don't really know how to respond to that. It's, it's mostly, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know. People who are a little bit more trained can come up and can start to get their heads wrapped around a little bit more. You need to ask yourself that question. You need to run the death visualizations in your meditations and then go through the pictured imaged experience of the woman of your dreams leaving you dying, your child dying, your family dying, and then to go through all those emotions and experiences and then to say to yourself, but did you ever own them? And to finish it with a smile. When I'm going to pause that there unless you guys want to know more about it, but it's not really the point of what I'm trying to get at here. All I'm trying to say is building off what Jay New had been saying when talking about this duplicate experiences of D1 and D2 which is that what D1 is attempting to do here absolutely and greatly as Janu's point on is that he's trying to replace the dying false god with a new one. Instead of staying, and this is my build on here, but I'm sure Jay would agree, instead of staying in the only solace, in the only comfort we ever have, the only thing that is undying and unchanging, now, whenever you guys are feeling a sense of loss, ask yourself the question, did I own whatever I felt like I lost? And then come into the solace of now. You will be comforted. What's scary is not the solace itself, but the idea of choosing to not erect a new God, a new attachment to replace it with something new. And just to... Just like that. Okay, move on from there. So we're still in the duplicate right now. For those of you that have come into the chat, we're still talking about what's going to happen to D1 if he walks the same mindset and path the next 10 years. And what happens to D2, who completely corrects those mindsets and actually decides to learn the true dance of masculine and feminine energy, learns to fully understand what it means to have sex with a woman and to become her. What happens to him in 10, 20 years? Okay, we've got Justin H up in here saying... D1 will let his distorted principles lead him down a path of avoiding sexual experiences in order to obtain a tree of enlightenment that bears no fruits. It will lead to a life absent of making true connections with women. That's, that's tactics. That's tactics right there. I, love, I was waiting for someone to bring up the tactical point. We've hit a lot of deeply spiritual, philosophical things to begin with, but there's some real tactics here that we need to paint out as well, which Justin has hit. But Justin then also went on to say, I believe false gods and religions are created by man in response to fear of the unknown, to create answers for questions they can never truly know the answer to. Justin, have you seen Vikings? The uh, the HBO, is it HBO? 
or whichever series it's on. I think it's HBO. Maybe it's Showtime, actually. Whatever. The series Vikings with Ragnar. Uh, if you've seen that, because there's something you said there at the end that's almost like a word-for-word quote uh, in terms of why men believe in false gods to answer questions that they don't know the answers to. Interesting. And so anyways, I want to hit back at something amazing that Justin had just said. What happens to D1 with all these, uh, I don't know, great game, great results, but then rejecting that and the sex and the penetration then trying to make spirituality the God then? What happens over 10 years? He hit a point that Jay New didn't hit and no one else in this chat has hit, which was it will lead to a life absent of making true connections with women. You haven't even got to this yet. I'm so glad that you brought this up, Justin, because when we get really deep in the uh, in the deepest, the deepest roots, we sometimes forget about the real surface level roots, but are still just as important. They're still part of the tree. And one of the surface level roots here that you've just nailed is the ability to connect with women in general. I've made a real point over the last month, two months, in making sure you guys understand that your sexuality is not isolated and separated from your lifeality, who you are in life. You're talking about making true connections with women. That's what Justin's been talking about here. If you have a blocked sexual flow, we talked about this last week, but for females and what happens if you try and block a feminine sexual flow, but what if a man, or a, I should say here, a young guy, young boy, attempts to block his sexual flow? Because that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing here. He's severing, and in my guided meditation, the track four, sexual energy, in the analogy I used in that, his sexual energy is a flowing waterfall. What he's attempting to do here is to jam a giant log through the middle of it to stop the water from flowing. How could that ever be perceived as healthy? Because this is another misnomer, another miscalculation he's made, another misunderstanding, which is that he feels that sexual flow is irrelevant, segregated, isolated from the flow in the rest of his life. It's all one. Your energy is all one. If you think that by blocking your sexual flow, you are going to be able to access flow in other areas to the same degree, you've got a lot of pain to go through. And if that's your path to walk, great. But it's not going to be anything like what it could be. Of the most deeply, in quotes, spiritual people I know, they are also the most sexually integrated beings I know. You can just put a full stop on that right there. The people that I know that are able to access flow the most, that spend their lives in flow, they aren't the ones that live a life of celibacy. They are the ones that honor sexual connection for what it is, that are able to bring their spirituality into their sex, love into their sex, love into their physical penetration. And it's a flow between the two. These are some of the men that I look up to. When I look at Paul Alicio, one of my uh, spiritual mentors and guys guided me greatly, and uh, he was on the Eternal Energy podcast with his partner, Juliette Lever, another very powerful woman. They aren't, they don't live a life of celibacy, yet those two are at some of the peak levels of flow, integration with life that I've seen. And they even said on my podcast, they have great sex. That's part of their relationship is they have a lot of great sex. And if I was to have them in the room here right now, I bet I could ask them the question, now, does your sex ever lack love? 
Does your sex ever lack moon? When you guys get together and have physical penetration, does that ever lack passion and love? In all their honesty, I'm sure they would say, well, when it's right, Adam, and when it's great? No, of course not. If we're having less than optimal sex, physical penetration, it's always because there is not a lot of love or passion in it, infused within. It's such a... It's such a... Such a, is is bastardization? That might be the right word. It might be, but it's just a miscalculation of the idea of spirituality being divorced from sexuality. I think that it only stunts you. Why would you? Why would you jam the floor of your waterfall with a log? Why would you do that? In this guy's mind, it's because he can't control himself. We need to talk about this later. We'll talk about controlling himself later. I'll get back to that. Make sure we get back to that. We'll get back to that because he'll probably want some tactics on, well, D2 will want some tactics on how to control that, how to, how to combat the egoic line in the sand of lust and just going after women as sexual objects. We can get that. We'll get that. But well said, Jay, Justin H. Jay New then comes and saying, D2, whether he gives up penetration or not, will see life for all its beauty and accept it for all its suffering, which will find him with the passion and the sexual abundance that will lead him to true spiritual development. Very well said, Jay. And Jay New, let me hear you have a question back. It literally just left my mind as I said, let me give you the question back. Give me a second. It'll come back. True spiritual development. Give the person a light, see the beauty of accepting suffering. What you find them with the passion for that? There was a question I was just about to hit you back with. It'll come back to me in a second. But that's well said. When he goes on to say whether he gives up penetration or not, he'll see life for all of its beauty and accept it for all of its suffering, which will find him with the passion and the sexual abundance that will lead him to true spiritual development. Is an interesting question actually here. Not that, uh, I mean, it's the same thing as Jesus Christ. It's the same thing as Pinocchio in the words of Jordan Peterson. It's the same thing as the Buddha. Whether they were the real people we know them to be, you know, these stories were passed down through thousands and thousands of years, primarily through word of mouth. So the accuracy is obviously questionable, but that's actually not what's important. It's about whether it illuminates truth, and that's what something that Jordan Peterson talks about a lot. A story, less importance of its factual correctness, but to its illumination of truth, and that is what validates a story in and of itself. Does it illuminate truth for you? That's what matters at the end of the day. When you think about the Buddha, in all of our illuminations of the Buddha and his teachings, not once have I ever read, you must, you will only defile yourself through sexual interaction. Not once I have seen any in any Dharma that was taken, not an interpretation of a Dharma, not in, not in any interpretation of something that the Buddha said, but just actually what we believe he said, that there was a defilement and a rejection of sexual practice. I haven't seen that. Now, I'm not, I'm by no means an academic and scholar of Buddha's teachings, but I have spent probably 10 years studying his work and not once have I received that idea. And if you then to look at particularly tantric practices of sexual connection 
deep, going back to the yogic practice, the the sutras, particularly the Kama Sutra, that would describe and discuss the masculine entering the feminine and the feminine receiving him, and that actually the feminine uh, is it Shiva, the feminine Shiva, play, taking a godlike place in the reception of what this sexual connection could be, and that actually there was such an honoring of this back in our ancient development of sexual connection. I, I want to hit some pragmatics here just for a second, just because it's on the same line here. We're hidden D with a lot of deep concepts right here. The stuff that Jay New's saying, the stuff that Justin's saying, the stuff that I've been saying is probably leagues beyond his current level of understanding. <laughs> you hearing this? <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bixby. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that was. Bixby on my phone just automatically started talking. Ridiculous. Thanks for that. Uh, anyways, what were we were talking about there? Oh, we've been hitting a lot of deep concepts that maybe he just, I just going to go over his head, over his head, over his head. That's why we definitely need to hit some pragmatics and tactics to cement these lessons in real world here. One of these tactical things, Justin talked about making sexual connections before. One of the things that I want to bring up now, If he keeps walking the path that he's currently lead, uh, currently walking, logging the waterfall, blocking sexual flow, who does that lead to him to become in 10 years? Does that make his relationships stronger with women or weaker? That's something he really needs to ask himself. D1, D1, the current D is listening to this right now. Do you think your interactions with women will get stronger or weaker if you keep walking with the path that you're currently walking? It's almost a rhetorical question. Weaker. Weaker. Why though? Why? Because women rely on your sexual flow. We as men rely on women for their sexual flow. We only know ourselves in relation to the other. I've got to be careful not to say these things as if you understand them. Because I understand that you really haven't been following my content for very deeply. I can tell. Because you just none of these are popping up in your mindsets. But you will only get weaker with your current way of playing through. The current operation, execution, mindsets, you will only get weaker. So what's the end game there? If your interactions with women are weaker, some people might say, and he might say, but if that makes me more spiritual, maybe it's worth it. It doesn't. It makes you less spiritual. Because what is spiritual? What does spiritual mean? What does to be awake mean? What does to be evolved mean? What does presence mean? What does love mean? What does passion mean? What do these words mean? They're all words. They're all fingers pointing to something. Spiritual is this. The wind blows outside and the sun shines on me. I am just like this. That's the closest you ever get to using words to point to what we are describing here. Again, getting a little too deep there. Let's bring it back. You will get weaker over time because you have not accessed that knowing, that true understanding of what life is. Because you feel because that mirror that you receive with that woman, it's not just a, and his oh man, you've been using women as mirrors to validate your awesomeness, to validate your sexiness, to validate your stature in society. Yet completely missing that the reason why a woman is a mirror for you is to reflect your flaws. Your inadequacies, how can you improve? How you can improve, how can you develop yourself? 
That's what you've completely missed this entire time. You've been looking at a mirror and seeing nothing. That's painful. But it's things with a smile because there's so much work you can do from here now. Okay, moving on from there. Again, we're getting all over the shop here. This is an all over the shop type of session. There's just so much stuff to cover with this type of mindset. I get really passionate about it as well because I get passionate about it when we've got young people who are misguided. Oh, fucking story time as well. I got a story time for you here. But let me finish some of you coming up in the chat and then we'll get to story time. There was another uh, There was another thing we were going to cover as well. Tactics of some kind? I don't know, but we'll come back to it. Justin Age then came in saying, I haven't seen Vikings, but, my, but I might have to watch it now. I came to that conclusion while taking a close look at my own spirituality and religious views and reflecting on why I believe what I believe. Well, that's impressive then. That's awesome, Jay. It's actually something that uh, Ragnar says in Vikings, and I'd highly recommend Vikings. The last season gets, gets, gets a little, little wonky, but the first three, four, five seasons are money. They're real good. Okay. Richo J come, Richo comes in saying Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm not sure why he's saying that. He's a good actor for sure. Uh, Jay New then comes in saying, oh, okay, D2. As he finds himself in social situations, from now on, he can accept himself in the now, express himself in the now, and so accept others in the now. Love only exists in the now, D. So does sex, and with time and work, D2 will understand that. Beautiful. You got your head wrapped around it there, Jay New. So where do we begin with this question? Let's wrap up this question. I wanted to create the duplicate scenario of what happens if we take a copy of him, have him walk in the complete opposite direction of what he's about to. What, the way that D1 is currently walking will ensure he never becomes a man, will ensure that he perpetually stays in boyhood psychology state for the rest of his life. Because it is as misguided to believe that the false god of spirituality is better than the false god of sexual connection. And yes, we address that his idea of sexual connection is really far off to begin with. But let's say it wasn't. Hmm? He's just replacing one attachment with another, is what we're trying to say, which is what leads to a perpetuation of boyhood psychology. It's exactly what I said before of that, when you do not allow time between attachments to sit in the solace of now, you never grow. That's where growth lies. Growth doesn't lie in moving from one attachment to the other. Growth lies in realization of what is true, undying and unchanging. So that's D1. And hopefully D1, D, D1 is the current D who sent this message. That's the one we're talking about right now. And so that's painted out. That's exactly what will happen. And how do I know this as well, D? Because I coach guys who have walked the path that you're about to. I have 30-year-olds, 35-year-olds, coach 40, 45-year-olds that have been down similar paths that you're currently attempting to walk. You know what happens to them? They don't turn into men. They don't get stronger with women with that mindset. They get weaker. And oh, Jay New, that's the question I was going to ask you. Jay New, there was a question I was going to ask you before, which is relevant to right now, which is this. How could a man ever learn to be- Let's replace that. How could a boy ever learn to become a man without the reflection of a woman? If it was just men running around... How would they ever know they're men? In this life, we operate in commune with the other. We know ourselves in relation to the other. 
to go ahead and say, I'm going to do a way of sexual interaction in order to become more spiritual. To And what do we mean by spiritual? What does he mean by spiritual? He might not even know, but we've illuminated it now. A true understanding of what the nature of reality is. If you can't, if you can't understand, and Jainu, this is the other question I was going to ask you. Who did we come in the world to with? Who did we enter the world with? D, who did you enter the world with? Who brought you into the world? Did you enter the world in a, in a pod? In a seed? In an, even an egg is not probably a good analogy. None of them are a good analogy. We all enter this life through a commune of mixing of masculine and feminine energy. The very nature of spirituality is masculine and feminine, light and dark, yin and yang, hot and cold, mountains and seas, all operating together. That is the very nature of what reality is. So for you to create a separation and to pull them apart and say that sexual connection, none of that, but spirituality, all of that, you have made the ultimate disconnection. You have... So I say in, in the eternal energy guided meditation on track five, one energy. We are life and a product of life itself. We are the mother and the child experiencing each other. There is no separation between the two. And in both of those analogies that I just gave, it's not just one, is it? In the analogy, it's not just one. The end result is one. It speaks to an awareness of one, but it required two halves. It required two to give you an understanding of one. So look at this now in real world tactics. If you're saying, I'm not going to interact with women, and I'm not going to learn about sexual connection. In order to get closer to your true nature of knowing one, you can see it's just you literally, you're saying you want to go forward and the way you're going to go forward is by going backwards. I don't think so, my friend. That's how it fair. It's a diseased mindset. It's a diseased mindset. You will not get closer. You will not transition to manhood psychology by rejecting women. No, you will not. You will also not get there by objectifying women. Bam! You will not. You will also not get there with your previous mindset from sixteen to twenty of making women the object of sexual penetration. You will not get there with that mindset either. As you will not get there by making spiritual gods out of no more women and just the presence and stoicism and asceticism of now. Fuck, that's a hard word to say. <laughs> Let's, I'm going to do some practice on that. Asceticism, that's how you actually say it. It's just hard to say it quickly. Fuck, we went on a run there. That was a good run. That's a bloody good run. Okay, so... And yeah, that's the question I wanted to ask Jay New is who did we come into the world with? Who brought us into the world? The feminine being. The feminine being brought us into this world and you want to reject that? D1 wants to reject that and thinks that's going to be kept, get him close to becoming a man? Get the fuck out of here. That's, oh no. Nah, nah, nah. It's just nah. It's a nah, mate, nah. It's the, that's how an Australian would label it. Nah, mate, nah. There's so many issues with the mindset that it gets me so fired up. Okay. You know, we just, you just uncork and you just let the gas run. <sighs> okay. So let's go back in here. Because we didn't talk about D2, but we want to paint out D2 as well. Uh, oh, yeah. That's what I was doing. I was just summary, summing it up and I will get you guys in a second uh, in the chat. But I was just summing up there uh, with D2. What happens to D2 in 10 years, 20 years? 
Yeah, a lot of you have said some really good things. Jay New has said gets greater access to now, whether he does go through penetration or not, but just learns to understand what true nature of now is. Yeah, for sure. All right. Justin H saying that he learns he learns that about false gods and false enemies and not to make them. Right? Yeah, absolutely. But it's something else that D2 acquires along the path of learning to honor sexual connection for what it truly is. To hold without grasping. To feel without needing. To breathe. And to see without looking. To die while living. That's what D2 learns. If he walks 10 years of honoring sexual connection as it is, feel that again. To hold without grasping. To feel without needing. To see without looking. To die while living. It's like, that's, that's the transition from boyhood to manhood psychology. If I was to get D in this chat right now and say, do you know what it means to hold a woman without grasping her. Do you know what it means to feel a woman without needing her? Do you know what it means to see a woman without looking at her? Do you know what it means to die with a woman while living? Those are all la- those are all roughs. Those words, they're eloquent. They're paced. They all speak to something. Don't get attached to the words. They're just rafts. There's another side of the river. They're all fingers. They're not the moon. But if you can understand what that means and you just sit in meditation and for a few seconds and go to hold without grasping, to feel without needing, to see without looking, and to die while living. And if you can bring this into every practice, we're going on in sexual connection here. That's the title of this podcast and that's the basis of this podcast. But everything that I just said to is a roadmap to life. That what I just those that mantra I just went from you, that I just went through with you, that I just said, you can call it a mantra if you want, but it's just something I just came up with out, out the back about 10 days ago. And I've just been practicing it every day since then with those hand movements. They're just the hand gestures seem to match the words. It actually took me several days to put it together. It started off as just one by one as I'm just walking around. But it's something that I realized that actually it's a bit of a roadmap to life. Hold without grasping, feel without needing, see without looking, die while living, to die while living. It's a roadmap to life to transition from boyhood to manhood psychology and that's what D2 gets on the post end of 10 to 20 years of practicing sexual connection in the mirror of feminine beings. I don't think, it's like what I've always said to you guys, it's all well and good to be present in your bedroom. Try being present in front of a feminine being that absolutely lights your soul on fire in which you feel a uniting of threads together. How present can you be then? Let's test. Let's test. What D1 is currently saying is that no more test. No more test. How will you ever test? How, if, you, if you're going to reject test, how could you ever grow? That's why I went really hard at the beginning of this podcast on his idea of what growth is. 
And the misnomer, miscalculation, misconception of him experiencing more growth by rejecting this other thing we know as sexual connection. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Alrighty. So I'll get back to the chat. The blood is hot. The blood is hot. Okay. Richo come, came in saying weaker because uh, when he's 30, even an 18-year-old girl will see through his mentalities. Maybe at this age, in brackets 20, he can have results of an 18-year-old drunk girl, but my advice to him is to smile and breathe. I love what you said there at the beginning, Richo, that even when you're 30, D1's mentalities at 30, even an 18-year-old girl will be able to see through those mentalities. That is crisp. That is a sharp spear. That's a nice sharp spear that you've just driven deep into the darkness of his egoic heart. That is beautifully said. I like that. I like that because of the story. Let's get this story. Let's get this story. So, you guys might notice I'm extremely brown right now. I've, I've, been, going, I've been doing beach training every night, basically. Uh, swimming, running, etc. Diving, free diving. But... On the weekends, I had to just chill a little bit more. It was actually Friday. It was just Friday uh, twilight. I went down. I normally don't train at this beach. This is the hipster beach. I went to the trendy hipster beach. For those of you who are in Adelaide, it's Henley. I normally go to Grange, which is way more conducive for training because it's more family orientated. There's not as many people. But if I want to chill and I want to be around some, some human beings, I'll go down to Henley. I didn't know, though, that it was going to be like this. Last Friday, there were hundreds of 18 to 21, no, so actually, let's say 16 to 20s, 16 to 20s, but a lot in between there, of just the hip, cool kids. 16 and 20 hip, cool kids. I don't know what it was because we still got a few more weeks of school going on, so I don't know, but it was just a hot, it was a hot night, and there were some laybys. For those of you that don't know what laybys are, just very attractive young girls. Why are they called laybys? You've got to put them on layby <laughs> because you can't, you can't get with them now, otherwise you get in trouble. So... There's a lot of attractive girls going around. Like it was loaded with 16 to 20 year olds. And like the, the ratio was probably like one to one, like in terms of guys to females. But what type of guys did I see? What type of guys did I say? Now, also just to give you a visual here, there's almost no space on the beach. Like everyone's like towel to towel. When I was doing my like triathlon style training, like underwater dolphin diving to different styles of strokes. And I'll do that from the beach up to the jetty and then to go up on the jetty and then sprint back down the jetty, run back down to the beach. I should say biathlon because I wasn't riding a bike. So there's no triathlon, but it was running and swimming basically. I had to dodge people on the jetty. There were so many people on the jetty, hundreds of people. That's how many people I'm talking about here. And it's all these 16 to 20 year olds, the, the hypest of the hype kids, the same age that this guy is at, right? There's a lot of gangs of kind of Nigerian, the cool Sudanese Nigerian gang type guys. There's the wogs, the Italian kids who puff their chest and got a little gold chain around them. Not many Asians. And, uh, but that's actually a really key point I'm about to bring up here. Those are the type of guys, but they're the 16 to 20 year olds. Uh, they're the footy players. They're the the ones that ride around on jet skis. They're they're the cool kids, okay. And the fem the girls matching the girl. They're the type of girls that are, when they are old enough that they will be running the clubs. Those are the type of girls we're talking about. A lot of very attractive people. What I'm talking about here, but a lot of energy and a lot of bodies. 
Just a lot of, just a lot. Just a lot. That's the vibe. I want you to get that in your minds. It's very hot. I didn't see, pause that, rewind that. Of all these hundreds and hundreds of males that I saw down there, young boys, I saw two men amongst them all. I saw two men amongst all of these masculine beings, hundreds, literally hundreds. I only saw two that were respectable on their paths transition to manhood psychology. You really have to fathom that. You really have to visualize being on a beach where there's so many attractive women, aging from 16 to 20. And for those of you that actually go out, you know that really, really attractive 16-year-old girls, a lot of the times what makes them so attractive that what confuses you is that they've got the bodies of 20-year-olds. They train, they eat well, they get their hair did, right? They they step it up. They're wearing very, very skimpy bikinis, barely any clothing at all. So it's very hard to tell the difference between a 16 and 18 and 18 and 20-year-old when you're on the beach because of body. So there's a lot of very attractive girls around aging from legal to also not legal. Well, it depends how old you are. Not legal for me for some of the ages. But if you're 16 in South Australia, you can get with other 16-year-olds and the law kind of turns a blind eye. Anyways, no, not legal statutation for me. I'm taking I'm not telling you to do it. <laughs> not that I'd be doing it. Anyways, moving on. I'll just say that when I was 16, I lost my virginity. There we go. So if you've got all of this intense sexual energy, and that's what it was. It just when I when I entered the beach, I didn't know it was gonna be so fucking hectic. I came down to train. I had my bloody short short skins, my uh compression gear on, and my goggles, and I was ready to to go at it. And I still went at it. I was not going to be denied, even if I was literally the only person there doing physical training. Everyone, and what, this is the key point though, that's why I bring it up. What was everyone else there to do? Guys in the chat, in the live Q&A, what was everyone else there to do at this beach? If I'm the only one there for physical training, to the point where I'm telling you, I'm having to swim around people, I'm having to swim under the jetty, I'm having to dodge people above the jetty when I'm running. Yet there's hundreds of other extremely attractive women around and also physically attractive guys around. What are the what are they there to do? What are they there to do? I'm more focused on what are the guys there to do. But you could also tell me what the women are there to do as well. It's a little bit more obvious what the women are there to do. But but what what are they doing? What's the purpose? If they're not there to physically train, and if I'm telling you there's a lot of energy around, so people aren't just sitting on their towels meditating, there's a lot of yahooing, there's a lot of yelling and screaming, shoving each other around, just fucking yahooing about. They're getting rambunctious, right? If there's so much rambunctiousness around here, why? Why? Please put your asses in the chat. And if I've already told you that I only found two men of these 16 to 20 year olds and hundreds of boys, why? Like, but stop, that's probably too much of, that's probably too hard of a question to ask yet. Just start with the beginning easy question. What are they there to do primarily? If we're not here for physical training and we're not here for spiritual connection and presence of meditation, why are all these people here? Because they're obviously not just here to enjoy the, the hot weather and the cool water. 
You could go and enjoy the hot water, the the hot weather and the cool water at any other part of the beach. What this specific point, there's a reason, and it's very important for you to understand this. Okay, going up in the chat here. Richo had come in saying the fact that he's only 20 is great. He could really turn the tides in three to four years. Absolutely. That's why it's light. That's why we're going to catch him now that he's only 20 with these big mistakes. Dick Shant, yes, Dick Shant Dara comes in saying, let's talk about fear of judgment. Uh, we can in open Q&A. It's not relevant to right now. Thanks though. Come back later. Copy and paste for sure. Dr. Strange comes in saying, my wife and I are active swingers. In one party we went, she was getting it on with two dudes and I felt jealous. Let's go, Dr. Strange. I've wanted to talk about this forever. The DP is what I've been wanting to talk about forever. However, it is not relevant to right now, yet I am so happy you brought it up. So when we get to open Q&A, please copy and paste that question if I know I'm going to remember it, but there's a lot of chat here. So it's not relevant to right now because I've been asking another question. We're on a completely different topic. But the fact that you got jealous when your wife was getting on with two dudes, this is a topic that has been burning in my heart. It has been burning in my heart. You've got me so fired up. Fuck yes. All right. So we'll get back to that later. Thanks for putting it in. Pumped up today. Richo Jr. comes in saying, Dr. Strange, how's Thor? What the hell does that mean? <laughs> He's with the Guardians. I don't know. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Okay. Anyways. Oh, Jay New comes in saying, yo, off a bit topic, guys. We're still in class. Yeah, guys. Jay New's uh, learning from his mistakes in the past. Please keep your comments in the chat relevant to what we're talking about. It's okay to drop questions if you're new and you're not, you don't understand that we're not an open Q&A right now. But for the rest of you, just stay focused. If you're going to write in the chat, write answers that are relevant to what we're talking about. Okay. Thank you, Jnu, for keeping in mind. Good man. Jose comes in saying, sup, sensei. Good to have you, Jose. Another world, another WBG. The WBG is up in here. World Bowl Group member. By the way, World Bowl Group members, we have a new member in the group. Shout out to Jack. Uh, his introduction video should be posted by the end of today. And if it's not, you know what happens. So keep an eye out in the World Bowl group for Jack's uh, introduction video. Okay, Jay New would come in saying, as Eve gave Adam the apple, that made him aware of himself. A boy can be great or poor by chance, but he will never become a man unless he gains self-awareness and takes responsibility for who he becomes. Money. Jay's talking about something that we talked about previously, but that's just... It's worth me reading out because that's well said. He then goes on to say, it's a voluntary action on the part of the woman to allow you to become her and so more than just you. Absolutely. Wu Wei. When the work is done, it is forgotten. <laughs> Dada Ching, baby. That is why it lasts forever. Absolutely. And then he goes on to say, excellently said, Adam, so reminiscent of Wayne Dyer with that mantra. Yeah, the final part of that mantra is something that Wayne taught me. to die, To learn to die while you're still alive or in my interpretation now, to die while living. Okay, let's move on. So remember, the question I'm actually asking you guys here about, what are all these young, attractive beings doing at the beach? That's what we're currently focused on in this story. And it's we'll get to the relevant... It's going to get relevant. The reason why it's so relevant is because they're the same age as D, who's making these mistakes right now. It's just... It's such a great story that's just happened. So let me just get to this. Okay, so the first answers I got. I asked you guys... If no one's doing physical training, no one's doing spiritual training, why are all these beings down here at the beach? And most importantly, 
Why is there so much sexual energy? Why is it like, why are these girls so scantily clad, barely wearing any clothing at all in big groups with girls together? Like the smallest group of girls is like three. There might be a couple groups to two, but not really. There's like, there's like maybe two, I counted two pairs of two girls, minimum three, maximum 10, 10, 15 groups of 10, 15 girls all in big groups. Same as the guys. There's a reason for this. First answer to this was from Jay New saying, actually, <laughs> one more repeat of that mantra for me, if you would. I'll repeat it at the end as well. I actually repeated it several times, so hopefully I addressed that for you. Uh, Jay New did actually come in for the first answer, though, saying that they're there to feed their egos, seeking that social and sexual validation. Bang, bang. That's two bangs in a row. Richo comes in saying to get drunk. Uh, not not technically allowed in Australia, Richo. I don't know about the UK, but you're not allowed to get, uh, you're not allowed to drink alcohol in public, like in public spaces in Australia. There were a couple of guys having a few schooners, but not that they should have been. But no, you can't technically uh, in Australia get drunk in public. As in they don't sell alcohol on the beach. You're not allowed to, technically. So not for that reason. Jose then comes in saying they are pimping. Ha ha ha. Flexing to see if they could get some. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Getting getting closer to the sexuality for sure. That's a nice, a little, it's the same line as Jay New, but it just had a little bit more flavor to it. Jay New then saying the only two men there were not only about themselves, not only receiving nor needing, but giving love and expressing abundance. Jay New, I haven't even described these two men, yet you've already hit some pillars. I will get to them. I will get to exactly what they were doing, yet what you've already said there is. Very close. Well said. Justin H then comes and saying, the boys are trying to flex and inflate their egos. Yeah. Being around people doesn't make you social though. They're pursuing superficial goals instead of taking their free time to achieve a goal. Yes. Yes. Yes, that final bit. Instead of using their time wisely, instead of using their time to actually achieve a goal, they are pursuing superficial goals. So well said, Justin. So well said. You guys started off very slow in this session, yet you've been a lot better towards the back end here. This is getting good. So we need the reason. Why am I telling this story here for what happened last Friday at the beach? Because these are the very same beings that we are just addressing that the man in this story, sorry, the young boy in this story has come to us with. They are experiencing the same trauma, the same disease of mind that he is. It's just that he's conscious about it. Well, he's been conscious enough to reach out about it. So we give him points for that. D, I give you points for that, that at least you're actually reaching out to someone who would actually uh, go ahead and spend the time to help to guide you in a slightly different direction if you so chose to walk. But these people on the beach, nah, not about that. So there's also, by the way, guys, I forgot to mention one other being that was at the beach. The fish. I've been painting these super sexy girls, these super sexy guys, this one guy who just seems to be this this really strange guy who's just there to do physical training, aka me. But there's also one other being at the beach. There's one other guy that I saw, the fish, aka the Jeffrey, aka the super scared nerd. There was only one though, but we will talk about him later. 
It's very important that I, sh- I should have brought him up earlier. I did see him, though. He got dragged into the water by 10 other chads, and they, and they were making super fun of him. He was so scared to get in the water, though. He was just deathly afraid. We'll get to him, though, because he's actually going to play a very big role into describing what Dee's currently going through. So, for those of you that said, what are all these people here to do? What are all of these? Uh, if there's only, if there's hundreds of males down here, but there's only two actual men between 16 to 20, yet all the other hundreds, so 99% of them are boys, why, why are they here? A lot of you came in with sexual validation. A lot of you came in with social validation, trying to flex, trying to puff their chest. You're all on the money. You're all correct. Absolutely. In hopes of what? Some of you got closer with getting some. With attract, I'm not sure if any of you said attracting a female, but at least one of you, Jose said pimping and trying to flex to get some. Uh, just nature said trying to flex as well, inflate their egos. So Jose was probably, uh, Jay Newitt also said seeking social and sexual validation. The sexual validation is what we need to hit here. That is the key point. Yes, social validation, but at the same time, these groups and groups of guys, they don't all, it's not like all hundreds of them know each other. So it's not like they're playing a social ladder of, because they're going to have to go back to school and meet each other. That's, there might be some social laddering within their individual groups of five to 10 guys. Absolutely. So for those of you that thought they were there primarily for social validation, on a micro, yes, within their own group. But in a macro, no. In a macro, they are there for sexual validation. As I said, they could have gone to any other place. They could have enjoyed the weather. They could have enjoyed the the hot times anywhere else. But they went to this beach, the trendy beach that everyone knows, where they knew there would be a lot of very attractive females. So now the next, now that we've painted the context out and we understand why they're there, is anyone sensing an issue? Justin H has slightly tapped on it. If there's so many attractive sexual females in this space, and it's not a large space, by the way, we're talking the jetty and maybe 100 feet to the right. Yeah, maybe 100 meters, I should say, to the right. And the, the boardwalk up above and the grass space. You've fit in a lot of people into this very small space here. Like I said, when I was running on the jetty, I was having to dodge groups. I couldn't run in a straight line because of how many people were in this were in this area. If it's so densely packed with attractive females, how can it be that it is so underpacked with men? Why are there so many boys? When I am there on the beach, I get my towel out. Man, I didn't get there early. I got there pretty late, actually. I got down on the beach. I had to find a piece of sand near the jetty because it's so packed. There's attractive girls everywhere just lying all around me. It was an absolute scene. And I find my space and I put my shit down. I take my shorts off. I've got my compression gear on. Everyone starts looking at me. Like I can just sense it. I can sense people, girls left and right, guys as well, just looking at me. As in like, what are you doing? What are you doing? We're not here to physically train, so why are you? But how do you guys think I respond to that pressure? You can feel that pressure when people look at you, when people are like, mm, what's he doing? Oh, yeah. You can feel that when attention has been brought to you. Do I start looking around at them 
to see what they think? Do I change what I do? Do I just say, oh, yeah, now's not now's probably not a good time? Or since no one else is about to go do this balls-to-the-wall, hard-as-fuck, high-intensity training of swimming underwater and then sprinting up along the jet. Since no one else is going to do that, I probably shouldn't do that. And then what would people think of me if, if I'm the only one doing that? So I better not do it. Do you think that's how I react? No. I came here to train. So I don't care if there's literally hundreds of other boys and other sexually attractive females around who are doing the very opposite of what I'm doing. I will do what I came to do, regardless of the social pressure. And in my mind, like 16-year-old Adam would have bent, would have bent immediately. He would have rocked up and seen the scene and gone, uh, I'm going to go home. Or if not, I'm going to go home. No, probably he would have gone home. There's no way he would have gone down there alone. He hasn't got a mate with him to help comfort bubble and to help provide validation for himself. He just would have gone home. That's a boyhood mentality. Incongruent, inauthentic, indirect, breaks his principles. Manhood version, stay true, do what you can to do, regardless of who's around you. At the end of the day, they are you. Deeper philosophical knowing, put that to the side. Let's stay tactical here. So I'm there on the tower. I didn't know the two, who the two men were at the time. Yet it just so happened that they were the very group, in the very group, behind me i didn't know that though yet don't you think that's kind of funny kind of interesting that i would choose a place on the beach where there's barely any sand at all like there's barely any space i would have to go down much further to find real space i just found this one space and it happened to be where there were two the only two men now let me paint these men now what made them men jay knew had brought in some really good shit before and we don't worry, we'll get back to the boys in a second. This is it's a very interesting situation here. What, how did I know these were the two men? They were the only two that weren't doing what the rest of you have said. They were the only two who were not pumping chest, who were yahooing about, who were talking louder than they needed to, who were expressing energy more intensely than they needed to. They were the only two who were happy within themselves. It was as if someone had put out the bat signal and subconsciously, on a subconscious level, I just knew, yeah, I'll go sit near these guys. Yet there were hundreds of people I could have sit next to. Yeah, I just found, I found my spot with these two. Do you think it's a coincidence that I was naturally drawn to the only scented energy on the beach. No. This entire life is energy. Everything we know is energy. And when it's on a certain frequency, and you're on a certain frequency, you will resonate. You will feel it within you. We can't see it, but we can't see many forms of energy. I can't see the wireless access point communicating to this live stream. I can't see bats talking to each other and the signals that whales send to each other to communicate. There is energy we can't see. When there is grounded, centered energy on the beach of a deeply masculine level, I felt that. I just knew. Go sit near these guys. But I didn't find that out until I had gone in the water. I put my stuff down. I did away with all that social pressure, which wasn't, it's just, to me, it's just funny at this point. 16-year-old would have been to it. I get in the water and I do, I do a couple up and backs. I do underwater, underwater. I almost kill myself going underwater. Then I go up onto the jetty, sprint back on the jetty. I do a couple laps. Once I'm done, I go back onto my towel, absolutely spent. These two, now I actually get face to face with these two guys. 
two men, I should say. Of all the masculine beings down at this beach, remember how I said I was dodging people in the jetty. I was having to swim around people in the water. All these boys, around all these boys. Not one of those boys addressed me. Not one of them said, hey, said hi. They were all very vocal. They're all very loud. They're all trying to you know, one-up each other. All trying to say, who can, who can be the coolest here, right? Those girls watching, who can be the coolest here, right? But not one of them had the presence to address me. The moment I get down on my towel and I make eye contact, and I make eye contact with everyone because this is how I test them, I make eye contact with these two masculine beings. What do you think they did? What do you think they did? Hey, man, how's it going? That right there already separates them from everyone else on the beach. Not only because I could feel in their energy, but that's something that you pick up over time. But just the fact that they were happy enough, calm enough, present enough with themselves to address something happening in the moment. There's another human being in front of them. And to say, hey, how's it going? No one else on the beach had done that of, the, of a masculine gender. Just these two. That, two. that alone already made me go, yeah, these two, are, that's it. Now, who, who did, what else do you think was going on with these two men? Not that it was a prerequisite, but it's not a confusing point either. Who else was with these two men? Who just came to two of the beach? Who were actually at the beach for why they should be at the beach? Two very attractive females. Two very attractive women. What about these women? Compared to the other girls, because we're going very hard on the boys here, but the girls are just as unscented, unpresent, trying to tits out for the boys. If the guys are trying to pump their chests, the girls are trying to pump their tits, right? There's a lot of unconsciousness going on within the women, with the female beings as well. I'm not letting them off the hook by any means. But is it a coincidence that the two feminine beings with the two men, the only two men on this beach, other than myself, are with two women and not two girls? There's a lot of correlation going on here that is causation. That, that is cause and effect going on here. That is not just some shim-sham just happened to be bloodletting. We let a few people's blood out and they happened to get better. And actually, bloodletting was a really bad practice overall. But some people happened to get better, so we keep doing it. It's not that. It's just very interesting. So anyways, following on the story here, why we brought this up for D, was that the two men addressed me and they said, hey, how's it going? And of course, I hit them right back and I go, how's it going, mate? Yep. I hit them straight back in the eyes and they're like, just enjoying the sun, man. Just enjoying the sun. And I'm just like, you know what it is? It's super hot out. And they recognize that I just, I just take my goggles off and everything. They realize, hey, you're out here for training. I'm like, yep. And, and we just went back to our business because I was fucking spent. So I laid, I collapsed on the towel and uh, just shut my eyes. They got back to doing their thing. We're happy within ourselves. The only developed beings on the beach were the only ones who weren't trying to show off outside themselves. They were the ones that were happy within themselves, not chasing, just arriving. You guys know what happens when a large group of people get together. When there's a large amount of testosterone and masculine energy in a very small space, and there's a lot of sexual feminine energy around, 
What do you go? What tends to happen? What tends to happen of a very physical nature? Can any of you in the social Q and A uh, maybe just hit that up real quick? It's one word. Starts with an F. Two legendary uh, men engaged in this very practice just over the weekend. But it's a very uh, maybe some of you are from different countries and maybe that's not the general practice in different countries. So maybe it's a bit of a hard question. But it's a bit of an Australian pastime. It's a bit of an Australian ritual that when you go to the beach and you get hundreds of masculine beings together with a lot of testosterone and a lot of sexual feminine beings around that might egg them on to doing something or might show favor to seeing something, you get a certain activity. You get a certain explosion. You get a certain uh, certain practice. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I just want to see if anyone knows. I'll go back in the chat and address some of you guys. Richo come in saying, UK is the opposite. All the youngsters drink at the beach during the day and night. Yeah, right. You're not allowed to do that in Australia for very good reason. Probably because you guys never get hot days. And if you mix alcohol with the heat, that's a really bad... That's a, And water, that's when people die. So, yeah. But actually, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's different though. Like in, in Japan, you can buy alcohol in the bloody quickie mart. In the kombini. What's interesting is that there's actually not many Australians in this chat that have been actually engaged. There's only been three of you that's really been engaged in this chat, which is very strange. Normally, there's more of you ch- chime in. Richard then comes in saying, age, very few 16 to 21-year-old boys are men, but very few 30-year-old men are men. Yeah, that's not, that's not a dependent factor in this situation, Richard. It's not just age. It's not just age. Uh, age is not the determining factor between boyhood to manhood psychology. And not a lot of 16-year-old boys that have manhood, that are physically boys, but have manhood psychology. Those guys are set up for life. Uh, Jay Nu then goes on to say, ah, the old fish huddle. These guys are congregating in dick domes. <laughs> yes, that's an interesting term. <laughs> Waiting to leapfrog onto a man or DCA male taking action that they might even slightly know. That's a really good point. We've got so many tactics covered here. Jay Nudo comes in saying, or worse, they're trying to amog slash springboard due to their own insecurity. Absolutely. Absolutely, for sure. Uh, Jay Nudo comes in saying, Aussies, help me out with this one. And uh, Justin H comes in saying, bruh, I don't know, flirt, lol. <laughs> it must be just an Australian thing then. Uh, oh, Kakashi Hadake comes at me saying chode crystals. Yeah, when Jay Nu said dick domes, I immediately I immediately thought of the uh, of not only the chode crystal. Uh, what's the other one that I used to say? There's a, there's a few of the chode crystal for sure though. Um, there's another one though. Okay, we'll get back. I'll get back to it anyway. Okay, this is what happens on Australian beaches when you get packed in groups of young testosterone-filled males and a lot of sexually attractive females. A fight. We fight. There's always a fight. If you go to uh, any beach on Australia Day or on uh, Boxing Day or on any really super hot day during summer break, what you guys call summer break during summer, you're going to see a fight, okay? And they love it. They love it down here. It's Depending on the vibe of the beach, though, it, it's frowned upon. If you go to a family beach and you do that, you just what are you guys doing? You're just idiots. Like, stop it. But at a beach like this, where it's all the cool hipsty trender people, people are like egging it on. Like they. So what happens when I'm on this beach? I've done my physical training. I'm just lapping it up. I start to see. I start to feel a lot of 
because I'm really close to the jetty, I look up at the jetty, people start gathering on the banister of the jetty, like all pointing and looking. I'm like, oh, here we go. I already know what's happening. There's a fight. I flip over. I turn over, look behind me. Yeah, sure enough, hundreds of people are now running into a to the, where these two guys are about to throw down and they're starting to yell at each other. And it's always a wog involved. There's always an Italian guy involved. I think it was two Italian guys this time. But anyways, everyone loves to see a good fight in an Australian beach as long as it's not uh, out of hand, as long as it's there's no weapons involved. It's, not, it's just you know, it's just fisticuffs essentially. And as long as it doesn't go on for too long as well. You know, it's a quick spike. Everyone has a bit of fun with it. You get back to enjoying your day. And so, yeah, you see all these people running. Now, question for you in the chat. Who? Who is running to go and watch this fight? You could already guess the answer just based on logistics. Did I run over there when I saw hundreds of girls, hundreds of guys all congregating into this mass circle to go watch this fight? Did I run over there? Did the two men in front of me, above in the seat and the space in front of me, did they run over? Did the two women with them run over? No. Kakashi Harike comes with the answer. The boys are running to watch. Richard Jr. comes in saying, the boys. Very well done, guys. Now, why? Why? It's You could get that answer just based on logistics. If there's only three men on the beach and there's hundreds of boys, well, it's pretty obvious that it's the boys running. But why? Why is it the boys and the girls running? Because anyone could have guessed that it's the boys just based on mathematics. Just based on theory. But why are the boys running is the point. Not only why are the boys running, but why are... Oh, who Who's fighting? Who's fighting? I couldn't see from the distance that I was out who was for like the age or the type of people that were fighting. But I saw afterwards when I walked back up on the beach. It was very obvious the two guys that had just been fighting, their clothes were all shredded up. Were they men? Nope. Was it all boys running over there to watch? Yep. Why though? And this is why I brought up this story actually. This is going to segue us into the summary of this story and why. Actually, this story has been loaded with lessons. There's a lot of reasons why I brought up this story. Jose comes in saying, it's a social mix. It might ignite conversations with people slash girls. Yeah, too kind, Jose. While that's a definitely an objective possibility, that's not why they're running. That's definitely a possibility. Conversations could be ignited, absolutely, but that's not why they're running. Too kind. He then goes on to say, also because boys will follow more boys. Why are they following though? You're definitely correct in saying that boys will follow more boys, but why are those boys following the boys? You're definitely right as to what you're speaking to there is why there were so many of them doing that. But why were they doing that is still not being answered. Kakash then comes in saying, two boys definitely fighting. Yep, correct about that. Yeah. Yeah, because the two boys fighting do not have any conceptualization or do not have any understanding of the ramifications if one of them was to end the other's life. Uh, You can shatter someone's face with a correctly placed bare bare knuckle. An unwrapped bare knuckle, two untrained fighters... It uh, happens quite regularly here in the news all the time uh, of someone having 5, 10, 20 bones shattered in their face just from a single punch. 
uh, especially when they're drunk, especially if they're a little out of it and they're not prepared to brace for a strike or to roll with a strike and they just take it or maybe their heads just fall in the wrong way, contort their neck. Oh, oh, they don't understand the ramifications. Now, I don't, I, I'm all for a good grapple. I'm all for a good, a good throwdown. I'm all for, I'm all for some leg strikes. But uh, to throw head strikes, uh, no man is going to engage in a whimsical bout of throwing head strikes in this day and age if he understands the ramifications of them. He's not just going to throw down unless there's a very good reason for it. If he has to defend his life, if he has to defend his family, he will throw down with head strikes. But not just on a random great day at a beach because some guy looked at his girl a bit wrong or because some guy... And said, "Hey man, I can see your pubes popping out of your shorts." Or you know, she said, "You look like a bit of a, a bit of a goof." You know, there's I, I highly. This is not a life and death situation that these two are throwing down in. That's not the nature of Australian beach fights. It's just puffing. Those two are just trying to puff their chests, not realizing what the ramifications can be. Um, and a man would never make that mistake. A man will fight when necessary, but this is not a necessary situation. Anyways, getting back onto it, the real question I'm asking you guys here: Why were the boys running? Why were the boys running? Why can't someone answer this? It's pretty straightforward. Kakash went on to say, boys and girls are running because they aren't present within themselves. It's too philosophical. You're definitely correct. I love it, but you're too philosophical about it. Like you've, you, you, you've gone to the root of the earth rather than give me the tree. <laughs> like, give me the tree first, then we can get to the roots of the earth, yeah? Preferably both at the same time. Richo then comes in saying, why? Because boys and girls are sheep, they follow. Richo is just building off Jose there. You're both wrong for the same reason. You're talking about why the masses are following. You're definitely correct about that, but it's not why. It's not why they're following, why they're running to this uh, beach. And maybe why some of you guys are not getting this is because you haven't focused enough on why the men aren't. If you're not, if this is, this is not even a hard question. I don't think this is a hard question, but some you guys seem to be really struggling with it. To help you with it, just think about why the men didn't run and why the boys are running. Kakash was the closest, saying that they aren't present with themselves, but that's too esoteric, too macro. That needs to be explained with a real face and a real micro tactic. Because you could say aren't present with themselves to answer any any question, basically. There's something more relevant is what I'm saying. So you got to keep, keep filtering that one out. Jay New comes in saying, yeah, lol, yeah, hugely frowned upon on US beaches. I used to work as a lifeguard, haha. Too much legal liability, though wrestling is more tolerable for some reason, haha. Yeah, all right, right. Yes, US society is very litigious. Australian, not so much. We don't mind a good, a good throwdown, as long as it doesn't get out of hand. Uh, Jose then comes in saying, they are not hooding their own ground, holding their own ground. What? So you're saying that the reason why the boys ran is because they're not holding their own ground? I don't think that makes sense. The boys are not right. Sometimes I get I give you guys too many chances. I mean, we're gonna, otherwise, it stunts the podcast. If you guys aren't getting it by now, you're not getting it by now. I'm just going to run through it. Kakash says they're running because they have nothing better to do? Question mark. No, that's incorrect. They have many better things to do. Uh, the men don't give a crap because they're just there enjoying the nice day. Oh, wait, cancel that question mark. Okay, Justin H is finally coming. Justin, I'm giving you the last shot here because if you're not going to get this, no one's going to get this. Justin comes in saying the men are concerned with themselves and at the beach for their own reasons. The boys run 
because they don't have a real reason to be at the beach. So they flock to something more interesting. Nah, nah, <laughs> you're all off. <laughs> you're all off. You're off for the same reason that Kakashi's off. Kakashi said the same thing. They have nothing better to do, aka what Justin's saying. They have no real reason to be at the beach. Justin, we've already been through this. They have a reason to be at the beach. We spent a good bit of time on this. That was part one of this, actually. Was that they have a reason to be at the beach. Sexual validation. How come how has no one got this? How has no one got this? You guys have been really on point up until this point. Yet you all got you all got flasked on this one. You all got shellaxed on this one. That sexual validation. Some one of you, uh, Kakash had come in with a slightly closer, very macro, very general, but I'm gonna just not I'm not even gonna count that. Sexual validation, my friends. The only reason why they are running to go see this fight is because they know that girls will run to go and see the fight as well. It's not because they don't have anything better to do. They surely, they could be trading their spiritual presence. They could be just presence in general, throw out the word spiritual. They could just be sitting there calm, present, actively showing a defiance of their ego's uh, desire to go be amongst the sexual validation of it all. They could be doing as I was doing previously. They could use this opportunity as the water opens to go and do some hardcore dolphin diving sprints, uh, to be going sprint up on Denver Jetty. Now it's freed up. They could be using this experience to interact with other human beings and to be using it as a focal point to uh, gain greater social acuity. But they don't. It's not that they don't have anything better to do. It's not that they don't have other reasons. They have selected a primary reason for running. Let me. Uh, this will this will nail this fucking home for you guys. If there were no girls at the beach of this extremely sexual, attractive nature, yet the same fight broke out, would those guys run? I can hear you guys nodding. I can hear you guys nodding. If the same fight broke out, but there were no women, would all of the boys run to go see what's happening? The answer is nope. The answer is nope. No, they would not. Why wouldn't they? Because it's just two dudes fighting. What they're fighting about, who gives a shit? Whether it's because they just don't like each other, they have some bad blood, man, whatever. If you guys have ever been to high school, And a fight broke out between two guys and there were no females around. Would you have run to go and see what was going on? You might turn your head and say, oh yeah, these two guys having a bit of a bat. If they were really skilled, you might. And you're seeing some some turning sidekicks. You're seeing some rear net. You're seeing some flying kimuras going out. You're seeing some, some Imanari rolls getting thrown about. You've seen some head and arm triangles. You've seen some some shit. Yeah, you might run because you're going for the technical aspect. But in a beach fight or a high school fight, there's not a lot of technical aspects. So for all of you that have been to high school and a fight broke out and you did run over, who else was with you? Who else was with you? Attractive females. is the only reason why you ran over. Unless they were your friends and you had to defend them, or unless they there was some high level black belt level world Muay Thai championship level some some shit you'd never seen, some Nikki Holskin shit you'd never seen before. 
You're not going over there other than to just acknowledge that there is a fight going over there. At this beach, hundreds of boys are not just running over there to be around hundreds of other boys. There is because of a very primary reason, it is because of a primary reason of sexual validation that there are sexually attractive feminine beings also going to be there. It speaks to the same reason as to why they're at the beach at all. At all. They wouldn't, would all of these hundreds of guys be at this beach if there weren't any females? Nope. So let's get to the down point here. Let's get some money invested in this point here. Now that we understand what stock we're investing in, let's, let's put some currency in here. Let's trade some commerce. When you're at a fight circle and you're shoulder to shoulder with other feminine beings, are you going to stand out? Are these boys going to stand? What's, okay, let me, let me let you guys redeem yourselves. What are the boys going to talk about? Because they're not fighting, are they? So what are they going to do? Are they just going to stand there, hands crossed in front of them, and just go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, they're not going to just do that. What are they doing in a fight circle? I get it. Maybe it's just that you guys have never been experienced in this before. But you surely you could just imagine you got two guys throwing down, hundreds of boys running over, not because it's just a fight, but because they know there's going to be other sexually validated points there from women. You need to look at this as commerce. That's why I said we've invested in a stock, we've selected a stock, we've selected the, the ASX here, all right? We've selected the US total shares market, the VTS, we've selected the, the excluding all US, the VEU, whatever stock you want to invest in, okay? Now let's look at the currency point. What is being what point is being traded here? Because they're not just standing there and they're not just going to either do nothing or to technically break down this fight because they're so interested in the fight and going, hmm, that was an interesting roundhouse, but I feel like he was about 10 degrees off on the zenith and the peak. And also he didn't quite get his hip over and he really should have checked that kick as well. Or actually, that would have been a prime moment for him to just maybe shift back, duck under, lace it up, put that rear naked in and put him to sleep. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Hey, Jeffrey, what do you think about the Imanari role in that position? Hey, what do you think about a double leg? Do you think a double leg would have worked on him or do you think it would have caught the head on the back end? They're not there talking about technical fighting aspects either. So if they're not there talking about technical fighting aspects and that's the commerce they're trying to trade on, the point they're trying to collect, and if they're not there because they're just trying to collect points or being around other dudes, what points are being collected and transacted on? That brings them to the circle. We've talked about what brings them to the circle because there are points to be collected. So what are they going to do to collect these points? <laughs> I, think, I think the reason why I'm getting so uh, passionate about this is because it's just so common sense to me because I live in Australia. And I, and if I, guess, I guess I understand if you guys don't, haven't been around this, like if you haven't physically been involved, you probably just haven't felt the energy of it. If, surely you could imagine though. But it's not just people sitting around sipping on tea. They're not just sipping a cup of tea and going, mm, that was a lovely front snap kick and, uh, and, a, and an exquisite execution of the, of the head and arm triangle. Beautiful, beautiful. That's not what's going on at these circles, Richo, for you guys in the UK or Scotland. It's not, that's not what's happening. <laughs> Okay, let's get some answers in this chat. I want to see who has got the commerce understood. 
Okay. So Kakashi come in saying the boys were running for the girls. Take the girls out. The boys ain't running. Yeah, so he's just resounding what I had said. Very good. Justin H. then said, are the boys using the fight as a potential springboard for conversation with the girls after the fight? Justin H. is getting close. He's getting close. The only thing you're off there with is your timeline of it. Justin, when you're saying springboard for after the fight, that's definitely a potential, but that's not the immediate point they're trying to collect. There's a springboard for what's happening in that moment, for sure. So I can't really give it to you because your timeline was off, but if you correct the timeline, you're on. But you'd have to be a little bit more specific about what the conversation's about. It's not just a conversation because they're not. it's not just a springboard to conversate about technical aspects of Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and wrestling. There's going to be a nature of the conversation. Jose then went on to say, I don't know if I'm fucked up, but I'd have to look. I'd, but I have a look. But I'd have a look. Ha ha ha. Not run though. Mexicans love some boxing. Yeah, so Jose, I covered that. If you if you love it, because just for the technical aspect, yeah, that's for sure. But that's not what we're talking about here. Yes, I know the Mexicans are very hot-blooded as well about that. So are Australians, but they're not hot-blooded about technical aspects of fighting. They're hot-blooded about something else that will be around technical aspects of fighting. Uh, Richo JR comes to say, I always ran to see fights as a teen where no girls were present, but that's an exception. Yeah, you'd have to explain to me why, though. That's not the general rule. (laughs) There are definitely exceptions like I've described, but that's definitely... You guys are getting lost here. Kakash then comes and saying, men go to the beach for the beach. Boys go to the beach for the girls. That's a good summary. Not quite specifically why the boys... Justin H has been the closest, though, as to why what the commerce point the boys are trying to trade on within this micro situation. Richard then says, most guys don't bother when no girl's there. Yep, for sure. Jay New comes and saying, this brings up a dark experience I heard from a friend who was beat up by some dudes because a girl told them he was a creep. He did nothing to her. Apparently, sure. Apparently, she thought he was an easy target. That is some dark shit. Not quite relevant to what we're talking about, but that is some dark shit. Kakash goes on saying, placing bets on who's going to win. Yeah, I don't think any of you guys are going to win. Well, Justin H has been the closest. Justin H, Justin H has been the closest so far. We almost have a winner. Jose says, who's winning and how the spectators... Oh, wait. No, Kakashi was saying the boys went to run to place bets on who's going to win. No, he's so far off. Jose then says the same thing. Who's winning and how the spectators would have their own take on the fight? Fake flexing. Nah, you guys are all far off, really far off. Thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a great time. And just before you run off, don't forget, that guide to meditation, Eternal Energy, has now been released, now available at boldojo.com. Dive into who you are and evolve beyond. You can also pick up the ebook, book one-on-one Skype coaching, all at boldojo.com. Donate anything you wish through the PayPal links or the Boldojo podcast uh, donation link. All of that's tremendously appreciated. And I'd also love your feedback on this session. Whether you want to, actually, I'd most appreciate your feedback on the actual YouTube videos itself. If you go into YouTube, drop your comments there. That's probably the best way. It really just helps support the channel. And I always, uh, I actually source the next episodes of Social Q&A from the previous episodes of q and I often just look at the comments and often find really good uh, ideas for topics there. So if you got a suggestion for a future social Q&A that we can kick things off with, just head over to the YouTube channel at The Bowl and uh, drop it down there. Get engaged, subscribe to the channel, support what's going on here. 
and that would be uh, tremendously appreciated. With that being said, I wish you all the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy.